we are back again. This has uh, been an interesting uh, season here. <laughs> I was starting to talk about the weather, but then I was thinking, you know, I probably shouldn't uh, talk about the weather because <laughs> there's a lot of people... You can no, talk, about, talk about that right now, probably. I mean, Americans love to talk about the weather. We can talk about the weather for a hot sec. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm KJ, by the way. <laughs> I'm Patrick. Wait, let me roll. In case you forgot, <laughs> let's roll that back so I can do it more fluidly. So. You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your host. Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Welcome to the John Chi Show. This is episode 27. We are happy to be back. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Nathan. <laughs> I'm KJ. Stop laughing every time I say that. You <laughs> Stop hesitating and I'll stop laughing. <laughs> but uh, we are back here with another episode. We have um, you know, a few things to talk about in our intro today, but we first will start for the new listeners explaining what John Chi means. Janchi means uh, to celebrate and to come together and talk about your day with your family and your friends over food and drink. And that's what we do here on the show is we've come together to share those experiences and share in those experiences by celebrating and having fun, um, but supporting each other, too. So Janchi means a whole lot of things, but to us, it means being together and holding space for each other. Because we are three Korean-American adoptees, and we are just exploring everything about our heritage and our past together. And uh, this has been a great journey, and every episode we, we've discovered a little bit more about ourselves, I think, and uh, about our guests. So, uh, you know, as we progress through these, these, uh, um, the show and our, uh, our publication and, and the things that we're, we're doing online, it's... Uh, You'll probably see a, a was it a, I guess a progression for all of us. I think, and that's uh, that's something that we enjoy. At least I enjoy. Don't want to talk. I don't think we've progressed at all. I actually <laughs> think, think we're worse now than we when we started. We've actually regressed to <laughs> yeah. a toddler. No, actually. So I um I just I just had an episode of the uh, Homecoming podcast come out where I guested um, with host Angel Rena Choi. Um, and she is a, a Springfield local, so that was cool just being able to interact with her. But we recorded the episode back in November, and uh, Patrick and I were chatting about it. And he was like, dude, you don't know about like you know this, that, or the other? And I was like, dude, it was back in November. And he was like, oh, yeah, things have, things have changed a lot. And even – I don't know. It was just funny talking to him. It was like, yeah, I think that even the, some of the ways that you talk about yourself and identify yourself uh, are different then to now and it's only been three four months uh which is wild also uh side note that was one of the first times that i had tried to tell my adoption story since starting the john chi show and i found that the john chi show really messed up my flow have have either of y'all had to tell your adoption stories since starting the show and like had to like be like wait actually this isn't how i want to say this um I feel like I've been, I think I said this before, but I start, I've been introducing myself in an, like as an adoptee first almost in almost every new conversation that I have. And I thought that was really interesting because I didn't notice that until the other day when I was having a conversation. And I think that if anything has changed about the way that I talk about my story, it's that I'm a little bit more articulate 
I think I've honed in on the points that I want to talk about uh, specifically. Um, but that's one of the things uh, in any like interview or anything that I do that I have the hardest time talking about is like when they're like, introduce yourself. I have Ugh. no, I have <laughs> points written out and somehow I completely forget all of them. <laughs> I stumble and fall over my whole story and then can get into the swing of it. But I think since the show started, um, I think I was trying to fill just every piece of information in to when I tried to tell that. Now I'm not doing that as much, um, but sometimes still do. So I think that's what's changed for me. Yeah, I feel like uh, my story has changed a lot because I've discovered more about the ins and outs of adoption and uh, things that I didn't think about, I guess, prior to all of the stuff that I discovered, including my biological family and just coming to terms with um, uh, that there's a lot of stories out there that are similar. Um, but then there's a lot of stories, um, probably more stories now that we've discussed it that are not that, you know, the fact that we discussed that. 80 90 percent of people do not find their biological families and it uh so i have i've taken that into consideration more so than i i did before and uh also the the viewpoints of what my family in korea may be looking at as well i never really thought about you know not to be selfish in that way but i never really thought of it in their side of it uh, a lot of it was just me finding them and and stuff and not really thinking oh you know what what would it have been like if I'd met them earlier or um, what are they looking at it as? I mean, it's, it's uh, definitely a completely different thing. And I do want to write more about that because, uh, because of the show and because of some of our guests and how it's enlightened me more to, to view it from that side. Yeah, totally. I just think it was interesting, you know, she was like, so tell me about, you know, like your adoption story, your background. And for so long, I think my adoption story would always start with my mom's part of the story and like we do here on the show, we're just like, tell it from your own perspective. And I was like, oh, wait, that's my mom's story. That's not my story. So I guess here is how I start. And then at every point, every beat that I told about coming to America and growing up, I was like, oh, wait, this is a different perspective. This isn't my own perspective. And so it's interesting, like finding my own voice in the, in the midst of giving people space to tell their stories like some of my own beliefs and goals uh, was were challenging me to rewrite my narrative and, and were challenging me to say like, well, this is how I want to explain my story, you know, and, and find my story, which is interesting. So I don't know. That's just a, a weird, weird thing that I picked up on listening back to that episode. I was like, oh, yeah. And a lot of change has happened in the last four months that we've been doing this show. I mean, we've been seeing a progression of different types of things in the media and in, in the culture, I guess you could say. And that's kind of what we're wanting to talk about a little bit right now is that uh, just in this short period of time, there has been a, a, you know, or actually the pandemic, even there's been an increase in Asian hate crimes and uh, specifically on the elderly and on women and, and more media about it out there. And so, yeah, we've been even asked to discuss it uh, on some other shows. And so, um, you know, we are not specialists in this category. We are not, uh, um, you know, writing lectures on it, but we have researched and, and talked about it a little bit. So these are just, you know, some of our own opinions. So. Patrick might be writing lectures about it. Yeah. <laughs> not like, not in an academic sense though. Just like, he's like, I just need to talk to some people. Yeah. So, well, I think that, I think, to really go off your point, Nathan, um, you know, yeah, we're not experts in this field, but I think that's one of the things, and this is something that I've come to understand as being incredibly important to, uh, to this work, is that 
at the end of the day, to fully understand what's going on in the community, we have to do a little bit of research. We have to put our time in and learn not only what's going on, but the history of what's happened before uh, everything that's going on currently. So um, you don't let, you don't have to be an expert in order to do that, I think. And I think that's what's great about the internet today is that a lot of these things are now readily available. Uh, if you're on Instagram, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that are reposting and sharing and creating this content. Uh, I hate to actually say creating content, but actually sharing information and resources that can give you a little insight into how this can can be happening now and what has come before that's laid the foundation for something like this to spike in or exponentially in the last 12 months. And what we can do to help support each other as well. I think there's been right. a lot of that that I've seen, um, you know, just like last year with a lot of the Black Lives Movement uh, um, protests and things like that. We've we've come together as a community, and this is just an, one of the things that uh, we're trying to help come together on and uh, make more aware to everybody listening. So, Yeah, I think we just wanted to have a minute and, and express our, our take on it um, as adoptees. Um, one of the things that I appreciate most about our dynamic is uh, we all find ourselves at different levels of acceptance of um, kind of our place and our own um, reconciliation with Asian American identity specifically. Um, you know, like I think I might uh, feel the most Asian American of the three of us Um as a, <clears throat> just as a, like as a, as an identity, you know? And so like, I even talking to my wife, I, I would say things like, um, my people are being attacked, which is not a thing that I would have ever said before ever, you know, but then there's also that, uh, that twinge of being adopted transracially. And you're like, well, it's like, it is my people, but it's not my elders. Like my elders are still old white people. <laughs> like, it's not, they're not, they're not Asians, you know? So like, um, like a lot of the posts that I see from, from our community is, you know, uh, this is people that look like my grandmother, people that look like my grandfather or, you know, whatever. I'm like, I, I can't say that. Mm -hmm. And yet I still feel that. And so that there is a new level of cognitive dissonance for me, um, in just trying to, to be okay with like saying my people and then also being like, but also I'm adopted. And it just throws in this new kind of level of complexity. And I think Patrick, you have really, uh, approached it from a, an, different angle with your kind of adoptee first, um, approach. Well, I think that I think not adoptee really, first, but you know right. what I mean? And in, no, terms, think, in terms of your identity ranking, adoptee first. <laughs> right. um, I think you bring up a really good point that, you know, as adoptees, we sit in this really, this third space where we look like the people that this is happening to, but those, like you said, those aren't our elders specifically. Um, because we're connected to a different family, most likely a white family for a lot of Asian adoptees here in this country. Um, but I think that something I've been thinking about a lot in the last couple days is the fact that the first and second wave generation or first and second generations of Korean adoptees and, you know, adoptees from China and other places that were coming in very illegally paper adoptions, uh, as Michaela Guestford very eloquently put in her last post in the adoptee project, um, those adoptees are now the ages of our elders, uh, of the elders in the Asian American community that are being attacked right now. And I think that's something that I have not seen expressed very often. And I think in the Korean adoptee clubhouse room that we were in yesterday, 
Um, I thought this got brought up very eloquently as we, at the end of the day, when somebody sees us, an adoptee on the street, they're not, their first thought is not, oh, I bet they're adopted. Their first thought is not, oh, you speak really good English. It is, you are an Asian person. Whether for good or ill, that is the first thought that they have. So as adoptees, we still, or as Asian adoptees specifically, we still sit within the diaspora and the community that is being attacked. And those, and I look at though that first and second and third generation of adoptees as my ancestors in a way, because they've, they're the ones that have laid the groundwork and the foundation for us to be able to do a podcast like this, for us to even have the, some of the language to talk about adoption and our adoption stories and everything that comes with that. So, yeah, I think that's, I think it is, I think it's a really interesting point because we occupy such a unique space. And that's why I think you can get some people that even from the Asian American community or our own communities, like I have white friends that are like, well, you're not Asian. Why does that matter to you? And I guess I use the friend or the term friend liberally, you know what I mean? (laughs) But like, um, like, especially when I was growing up, you know, People tell you all the time, or at least me, you're not, I don't look at you as Asian. You know, that colorblind mentality that we talk about. And that's how you end up internalizing and erasing your own ethnicity. And so I think because I had so much of that specifically now, that's one of the reasons that I, even though I'm approaching it from an adoptee first standpoint, I'm using words like we and our and us because I'm fe- I feel, I'm feeling this pain too. And it's just the years of, you know, everything that I went through just built up and reaching ahead a fever pitch to to come out of my now coming out of my mouth and my brain and my fingers uh, when I'm when I'm creating things. And, yeah, I think it's just it's a really it's a really it's a it's really important because I want us I want adoptees that listen to this show to understand that. We have a voice in this conversation. We shouldn't be silent about it because one, we're doing disservice to other Asian Americans and two, we're doing a disservice to ourselves. So if you see something, say something. If it's not sitting right with you, say something. That's it's I'm not saying you have to do those things. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm forcing you or wanting you to do them. But just from my perspective and where we sit, I mean, that that's the reality of it. So. I don't know if any of that made sense. Sorry, got fired up. Just no, like yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was like, that's one of the, the main impetuses for me was like, when I realized that I, um, and I, I said it in the room, I was like, there is no physical presenter for being adopted. You know, the people yeah. just see me and think Asian, you know, and uh, and being being in Springfield, this is the first time that I have been in a place where like my parents aren't around. And so like, there is no, like, unless I post about my family with a picture on social media, people aren't going to know that my parents are white, you know, like they will just see me and assume Asian. And so that, yeah. So it was just like, if, if people are going to be lumping me into the Asian American community anyways, I might as well start accepting that myself. And that was like the the big kicker for me to be like, all right, I'm going to back this community. I'm going to get involved and, and support this community because like I'm already here whether I want to be or not you know and so actually it was kind of the ignorance of other people that forced me to stop gatekeeping myself to to accept myself and just like I'm here so now I get to add my complexity to to our community and we're gonna be the target of of racism even if we have white parents and if we you know don't speak 
any Korean or, you know, things like that. They're just, like you said, it's an appearance-based thing and people don't understand that. I mean, I've been on a street before and I mean, it was more of an ignorant comment, not necessarily they were trying to be malicious, but he came up and he goes, hey, do you know where the closest Japanese restaurant is? And I'm like, number one, I'm not even Japanese. And number two, right. I mean, why, why would you, you know, you know, pick, pick me out of a crowd and ask me that question? Because you assume I know. But um, it's little things like that is, again, we, our appearance is going to set off a um, questions and a persona. And people are going to, you know, do what they think uh, is you know, <laughs> what they think of us, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I actually wanted to, to say, um, you know, Patrick, you said if you see something, say th- say something. And the other night you went live uh, on IGTV um, with Made of Jeans, Not Love, which is a... No, a Made gen- of Love, Not Jeans. Oh, yeah, dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, get it wrong. I got it wrong multiple That's the times one. Yeah, before. yeah, so uh, Made of Jeans... No, Made of Love, Not Jeans. <laughs> dang it. Uh, anyways, it was, it was really great, and I love that it was... Um, a millennial and a Gen Z conversation um, that that was like, it is intergenerational. And I, I forget, uh, and I'm so appreciative of you thinking about adoption as an intergenerational thing and thinking like just that framework of like, dude, these older adoptees are our elders, you know, and, and thinking about having another sect of my people, you know, um, and for broadening my, my horizons that way. But you said kind of at the end, when you got fired up again, you were like, uh, <laughs> Like one to one conversations are great. One to ten conversations are better. Um, and and you know, like if you see something, say something. I, I didn't even have language to uh, to express how I was feeling until I started talking about what was going on in the world with uh, my friend. Um, she literally just sent me a Snapchat and was like, yo, I'm, I've had it up to here with all of this stuff, uh, it, all of this Asian hate and like my, my white coworkers just not even knowing what's going on. And so I just, I'm like sitting on all of this rage and I don't, and I was just like, girl, same. I, I but like, I couldn't even begin to like, I, I told Sarah, I was like, I am angry and I am sad. And she's like, why? I was like, because of everything. She's like, yeah, but, but why? And I was like, I don't know. I just have these feelings and I don't have vocabulary. And it wasn't until I started talking with other people in the community that I was like, oh, I get why I feel this way, you know? Um, and I think that, that platforms like the John Chi show or other, you know, podcasts where, you know, whether it's, uh, a yo, is this racist or an adapted podcast or adopted feels or homecoming podcast, or like, there's so many things, um, that tell Asian stories that tell Asian adoptee stories that tell, right. Like you can, you can, Ha- listen to those and gain language uh listen to those and and share that with people like this is kind of how i'm feeling right but also i'm just gonna put this out there if you listener are like i don't have a lot of people to talk to about this feel free to message any of the three of us and uh we will just be your friends and talk in a way that uh less translation is needed and then maybe you can explain to um your other friends and people who want to be your allies and you're like i don't know how to tell you how to be an ally because i don't have that language myself like we will help you break it down. Like come and join our Facebook group. Let's have these conversations so that we can have language and process and then, you know, push the needle forward for more support, more, uh, vocabulary, more, um, adoptee and Asian specific vocabulary, you know, in, in all of these things. Yeah. And I think to, to tie kind of all three of our points together, um, I think, what Nathan said earlier about us not being experts is very true. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, 
I've been doing research and I've been trying to learn as much as I can. And at the end of the day, I still don't have all the answers. So anecdotally, I received a message today um, from someone who was able to watch the live stream last night. And she asked me, um, what happens if you're on the street and confronted by this? You know, what what do you say? What do you do, especially as a woman? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I sat there and thought for a second and I said, you know, that's actually a really great question. I don't know. And so luckily in the same 20 minute span, uh, the account hate is a virus posted a resource guide, which linked to a really good resource guide, which actually had a whole section about what do you say and what do you do when um, you're confronted specifically. It also has allyship guides, uh, a lot of free resources. And so at the end of the day, there's that stuff out there. And if you do reach out to us and we don't know, um, I can't say if the <laughs> I can't say if Nathan or KJ is going to be able to quickly find that or even myself, but one of us can probably look. If And not, one of us is, I think, connected enough to find someone who would be able to have that conversation or at least give us some tips or suggestions to relate to you. So that's one of the best things about not only the adoptee community, but what I'm starting to now find from other Asian Americans as I start to really push for advocacy for the AAPI community as opposed to just the adoptee community is a lot of support and resources that are already out there. You know, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're trying to reestablish what has already been done and update it for language with language and with experience of today. So this stuff is out there and it's a lot to take in. So don't feel like if you don't know or you don't have the answer, then you're never going to know. The, just like KJ said, don't be... Don't be shy and don't worry about reaching out to us and feeling like you shouldn't do that because we may not know either. And we're all part of this journey together. Yeah, I, I, on Patrick's note, I, I would have a very hard time giving anyone an opinion on that. That same topic is what do you do if someone confronts you? I mean, I, I've thought about it many times when um, because I have a wife and three little kids and I think about what happens if somebody confronts my wife with something like that and and I know her first uh, intuition and things that we've discussed in the past is don't incite more, you know, um, attention to it. Try to avoid it. Try to, if it's a violent situation, get help as soon as possible. But um, but don't, you know, um, antagonize more. Don't. I wouldn't even, in most cases, get involved. And, and it's happened before to me. And somebody was... Uh, confronting me about, you know, my face mask. This was kind of last year when face masks were still kind of on the borderline of people wearing them. Uh, but I was wearing them. My whole family was wearing them. And it was just me and my kids. And, and this older uh, white gentleman came up to me and told me I didn't need to wear it. And my kids didn't need to wear it. And was just giving me some unsolicited advice. And I really wanted to give him a piece of my mind. But I'm with my family and two little kids. And I wasn't going to antagonize him more to have a discussion. So I said, thank you, and continue to walk on my way. I, I tried to be nice. And as much as I wanted to say some negative things to him, I, I didn't. So so that that would be my personal advice is, is keep it keep it calm because there's a lot of crazy people out there. 
Yeah, really quickly, KJ, before you jump back in, I just wanted to say that that website is called iHollaback.org. I H O L L A. Oh, I'm a Hollaback.org. Um, That's but, amazing. Sponsored by Gwen Stefani. But Nathan, I think just I just wanted to affirm what you just said about your piece of advice because the very first sentence uh, that is written here is the truth is there's no right or wrong way to respond to street harassment because yep. it's not your fault. Yeah. Uh, how you respond is your decision. So I think that is a great piece of advice. You know, I think to stay calm is something that we should do if if, if we can. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it can get it can be triggering to a mm-hmm. point where, especially as adoptees, it can be really hard to hold that back. But I do. Uh, I just wanted to affirm you in that, like what your advice is, is not wrong. It is good advice. So. Yeah, and I think it's important. Like Patrick is 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 our guy on the show who is gonna do the research. He is the dude who is out there advocating for adoptees. He's the dude who is thinking about what's happening on a on he a is bigger the face of John Chi Show. So, he's the the <laughs> no. voice of the John Chi oh, Show. Oh, sure, he's the voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were the face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm, know about that. I'm the comic uh, relief. I don't know. What am I? <laughs> <laughs> it's your two faces melded together. Yeah, That's perfect. The face of it. Uh, <laughs> well, what <laughs> what a visual. What I was gonna say was um like so so patrick you're you're doing all these things and and for the things that you're doing research really matters um and i'm saying like for me research is a is a barrier and like i am just at the place where i'm i'm learning that i can and should process these feelings and i and that i am too ignorant about how i feel i i don't have the vocabulary i don't have the the nunchi to um explain myself and i I, that is uncharted territory because I'm usually very good at expressing myself. Um, so sometimes it's just like, I need to have a friend and, and that is it, you know? And, and that is, if that's just where you are, then like, great, just reach out to someone and say, Hey, can we talk about this? Because I just need to process this somehow. Um, and if you are a person who is like, I want to know why I want to know the systemic like the roots of this, I want to know like this, that, and the other, then like do that. And also if you are like me and I do want to know why, but I just get too bummed out, take a break. Um, that was literally something that I forgot that I could do was I could just not look at Instagram. I could just not (laughs) watch all of this violence. I could just take a moment to myself and then come back the next day stronger or come back the next day refreshed, if not stronger, you know, or, you know, just, just have those things because we're in this for the long haul, right. That we're, um, advocating for, uh, our Gen Z friends and, and, uh, like just, this is a generational thing that we are regularly pushing the needle forward for. So pace yourself, uh, give yourself grace, find a friend. And then, yeah. And so like I, right now, uh, the most that I can do is just be around when Patrick is in places and sh- shower him with love and the occasional sarcastic comment, you know, just whatever it, it takes, but I can't really do more than that. And, and that is totally okay. Um, so yeah. So however you listener are needing to process this, whether you are a transracial adoptee, uh, a Korean American, Asian American, uh, a, a friend, somebody who stumbled upon our podcast and you're just like, Oh, this seems cool. Um, welcome. This it usually doesn't sound like this, but, <laughs> um, but those are all things that, that you can do. And I hope that, I hope that this helps because this has even helped me further express like probably how to, how to feel about this, how to talk to white people about this, how to talk to allies about this or non-allies about this yeah i have one more thing i wanted to add and i really appreciate you saying that uh i appreciate it because one of the things that one of our guests said that really stuck with me and 
really shows through, I think, and what we're doing here is uh, was when Minju came on. And I don't know if it's her quote or a quote that she was quoting of someone else. But she said, if you're f- fluent in a language without knowing the culture, then you're a fluent fool. And I, that's really stuck with me because when it comes to knowing about adoption and doing things like that and just understanding the history, while that's really interesting to me, I, as I'm intaking and discovering all this, I was realizing that not everybody's going to read these scholastic books. You know what I mean? Like not everybody's going to be able to sit down and have the time to maybe do as much as I'm able to do. So I think <laughs> Nathan just slowly rose. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that when I think when I think about that, I think about all the people that do maybe don't have the time and it's maybe not my responsibility, but I do feel a slight obligation to if I'm going to be putting in this work to hopefully distill it in a way that other people can can get involved or, or, or engage with it. And that's what we're trying to do with the Adoptee Project is just take history and examine ourselves through it, but distill the history down into a way that's just palatable for the the layman, I guess. Not that everybody, I don't know if, is layman a derogatory term in that sense? <laughs> I don't want to say just the general, no, can, just the general public, I guess. You, just people yeah. that may not look for it. You can call me time management uh, 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 deficient. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> what? You have like three kids, a whole business, I think two businesses, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You're getting ready to move. I'm time you management challenge. on your hands. So, yeah. but, but that is a very good point though, Patrick. I don't have the time to read a full novel, but I do have the time right. to read 10 of your Instagram posts, stories that you put mm-hmm. together in a slide thing about, about the hate and about what's happening in the real world. And that I think is, again, like you said, adding more avenues where somebody like me can view stuff or a podcast where I have an hour to listen to a podcast, but I don't, you know, I read at a, at a, you know, third grade level, so I can't quickly <laughs> read, you know, big pages and books and stuff. So, Yes, I, I have a lot more time to do those short clips of things, and that's great that you have that outlet and that you're providing another space for that. So I, I do appreciate. It. I did read all of your um, um, your your ten or so slides that you made. I and did not. <laughs> which one? Which one lately? Which in the past but, three weeks. <laughs> all right. Well, we don't have a guest this week, so we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we will jump in with some food. Hey, everybody. Before we get into the interview, I wanted to take a second and tell you about the Hello Korea box that was featured in episode 20. It was so fantastic. Um, we are so grateful to Juliet and Hello Korea box for giving us a box. And Would you like to say box again? <laughs> yep. Hello Korea box uh, is a really fantastic box uh, of goodies. We got K-Beauty. We got K-Lifestyle. We got K-Snacks. Nathan, Patrick, what were your favorite parts? Uh, my favorite part was the <laughs> snacks. I really liked the socks. I've worn them many times, and I also like K-Stationery because I didn't know that Koreans had their own stationery. Um, so like My wife told it. me that when I was wearing the socks, it was the most fun socks I own. So, All right. Yes. They, Sounds like you need to spice up your sock game, bro. <laughs> apparently so, and this, this box is the way to start. Uh, I personally love the pens the most. I use them on the daily. They are amazing. But yeah, like everything in that box was uh, really, really cool. There was two packages of ramen, too. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, I, I like forgot that. about that. Yeah. Anyways, look, if you were like, man, this stuff is awesome, and uh, I want to get my own box, you can use Johnchi15 uh, to get 15% off of your purchase uh, at hellocreabox.com. If you want a little Korean culture in your life... At 
at your home. Make sure you go to HelloKoreaBox.com right now. Use code JohnShe15 at checkout to save 15%. On with the show. We are back with our food portion today. We have another item in our Munch Addict uh, subscription box. Today we are eating Orion peach jellies, which look amazing. And come on, let's be honest. They're peach jellies. They're going to be great. Yeah. I'm just that I don't know there. what the Korean says. The big font says Maikumi. So I don't know what that means, but it looks really good. I don't know, and I'm hoping that 50% means there's 50% more. I, don't, I honestly don't know. Judging by the feel of the package, I'm saying 50% less. <laughs> Maybe it's like Maybe. 50% more real stuff, or mm, I don't know. More juice? I don't know. 50% less sugar? I, I don't honestly, I don't know. But, but there's yes. about two servings per container. One serving is nine pieces. Mm. I'm always interested in like the, the little uh, serving sizes for these and whatnot. And you know, I know it's, yeah. I have to give a warning if anyone is lactose intolerant. Apparently, this has some milk cream in it. Great. <laughs> and fish collagen. And Dang, fish collagen. These smell like peaches. Does it, it doesn't smell like fish collagen. <laughs> straight off the straight off the tree. Straight off the tree peach. Those little oh. peach. Those mm. little peach. It does look yeah, like they're peach. very cute. Kind of looks they, like a Georgia uh, peach uh, film logo. It looks like a peach moji. Mine came out oh, as a yeah. double, so it almost looks like a peach because they were stuck together. I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say a butt. I, I my <laughs> kids would say that, and when I show this to them later, they do. They always say that when I eat uh, or show a picture of a peach, they go ah oh, butt. Or they say peach. Also butt. a child, so that's why I said that. Oh, they're very <laughs> chewy. Oh, I couldn't even chew it in half. Yeah. So eat only half of it. Oh yeah, it's not as soft as a gummy bear. Mmm. It's, it's delicious. <clears throat> it's good. got good flavor. You know what it reminds me of? Peach. Kool Aid. Ooh, yeah. Really? It, Actually, it, it has does a very remind me of Kool-Aid. similar, and I don't know if it's the uh, the fake sugar in it or what, but it's a very similar taste to a artificial peach flavor, which Kool-Aid is technically. Black carrot concentrate. Ooh. That's a weird I'm getting ingredient. some vegetables. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Um, so the, the texture wow. is... It's like one of those like nature made like uh, berry gummy things, you yeah. know. So it's not like super sugary. Right. I just recently got some uh, vitamins, like gummy vitamins that are just coated in huge sugar crystals. I'm like, I could have done without this, but I know this is not have that, which is nice. You have gummy probiotics that are covered in sugar. Yeah, like, that's all we eat around here now. Does this make me more diabetic? Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I've been eating a lot of like the vitamin uh, D gummies because we have those mm-hmm. also for our kids, and yeah, I feel like. You live in California. What do you need vitamin D for? I, a pandemic. We're inside. <laughs> what? You can't just walk out your front door for like 10 minutes and then like go back inside? Like, we I got have. It. We do that both. We do both. But it's, right. it's more along the lines of there are days where I'm so busy I do not step foot out of the house. And so oh, I, sure. I need I a, I need a uh, you know, vitamin D gummy. But and anyways, it's you know they say it's one of the number one things, too, that's, uh, that a lot of people are deficient of. So I'm, like, I'm going to do my part. Yeah. Can't have too much of it, but uh, yeah, these are good. I like them. And uh, thank you, Munch Addict, for the uh, the box. Still, this is this has been a great little. Let's see if it says anything in our handy guide that Munch Addict provides here. It says Orion Peach Gummy, a popular Korean snack, peach shaped and flavored gummies. Actually, it says Falvard. I was. Gummies on I yeah. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> want to correct them on that one, but it happens. 
It's okay. It's good. Yeah, this is good. Let's get into our ratings. It's good. I rate it. Five out of five peaches. Really? Five out of five? Okay, four out of five. Five out of five. Okay, no, I'm no. gonna give it five St- out of five. Stick your guns. I'm just I'll surprised. Is all. I mean, he it just is. immediately. Ch- he's like, all right. Cool. <laughs> it's a peach gummy. <laughs> really, Nathan? Really, okay, you're right. Jeez, huh? I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna not like a peach gummy. I mean, it is a little gummier than I expected, but yeah. But I have the flavor is great. So five out of five. I actually really like that the super gummy. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Because uh, I like it a lot, I and I don't love sweets. Heart. I don't love uh, Look, jellies, but um, that's really cute. You're very cute. I'm very um, Korean. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, and man, now I got all, all distracted by your heart cuteness. Uh, I don't love jellies, but these are really—they're good. They're flavorful. They don't—I mean, they're sweet, but they're not like ridiculously sweet. They're not right. like gushers. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah, so. Four out of five. Pretty pretty solid. Pretty solid work, Odeon. I'm giving it a four out of five as well. And I would give it a five out of five if it was a gusher, because now I want those. I know, right? No, this is good. I like the... I think it's just a slight too chewy. I think that's what's really bringing the rating down for me to a four, not down to a lower rating. Sticking with four. And that's the show. All right. (laughs) That is it. So, uh, you can find the John Cheese Show anywhere that we want to be found at john chi show we're talking facebook twitter spotify uh soundcloud apple. linkedin um tune in apple zanga soundcloud my google no, amazon no, no 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 we're just on we're just at john chi show Alibaba. on all the places oh i forgot about instagram i was like what's the one that we actually have instagram I was like, at john chi we- show uh, you can send us an email to John Show, just like media.com. Like we said in the top of the episode, if you just want to reach out to one of the three of us to chat, uh, or you can just uh, send us a DM to the, the show and then um, we'll you know get connected to you from there. Um, if you just need somebody to help process everything that's going on, either as an adoptee or other um, current events, or you're just like, hey, I think you guys are cool, let's chat. We're here for it. Uh, we're here to be, be friends, to connect you to the greater community. Because, uh, you know, coming out of the fog, dealing with life, that's hard, hard stuff. So to that end, Nathan, where can people find you? People can find me at nnowak at, on uh, Instagram. You will have to make that request but because it is a private account. But I will I will allow it as long as you don't look like a creeper. <laughs> wow. All right. Nathan is very appearancist on the show. So, Or if you want to not have that, you can follow him at a, his photograph. One. Yes. Photograph no photographer. Photo on Instagram. <laughs> photograph. Amazing. Oh, that's all your places, isn't it? Um, yeah. I am at Patrick in the World on Instagram. Um, I think that's my SoundCloud link as well. And then I'm at Pete Armstrong on Clubhouse. Uh, I do want to plug that I host a Korean adoptee community room on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern and an Asian adoptee community meetup group with a few other adoptees um, on Sundays at 3 p.m. Eastern. So at time of recording in about 38 minutes. (laughs) Um, But I really hope you guys can come. I am going to make sure that we link uh, to a lot of resources, different resources that are available just to spread knowledge. And um, if you ever do need to report, uh, there are a lot of resources out there for that now as well. So I'm going to link those in the show notes. Make sure that if you're watching this on YouTube, whenever that is, go back and listen to the podcast. But thanks, guys.
And we've been yeah. very appreciative of all the support. A lot of you might have seen that Ooh, we yeah. also launched our uh, support page, which is johnchishow.com backslash support. And we have a buy me a coffee page where uh, we have had some amazing donations already. We thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone who has bought us a snack slash coffee. Uh, you can pick as many as you want, or you can even sign up for a subscription. But again, that is the johnchishow.com backslash support. So thank you again for yes, that. Yes, thank you. Yeah, there's definitely some cool membership perks if you do sub- uh, decide to subscribe. Uh, we've got some sweet members-only content, sweet uh, perks and things for being a member uh, coming down the line. So very, very excited about that. You can find me at KJ Relke anywhere that I want to be found. That's mostly Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. Uh, I recently posted a cover of You'll Never Walk Alone. Um, Mm. So if you just need a pick-me-up, that is on my personal Instagram. If you're just like, man, life is hard, and I want something to comfort. Like I said, I'm not necessarily a person to give language, but I can find great language and share it with other people. And I can Um, sing like no one else. He can sing like no one else. I can (laughs) sing, and also other people can also sing. Uh, So singing is... A thing that most people can do unless you are mute. So yeah. I, I called you the Asian uh, John Mayer. Not that so. special. The Asian what? <laughs> the Asian John Mayer. All right, I'll take that. You'll take that. That's, All right. That seems mildly problematic given like his personality and like personal life. But as a musician, uh, his great. voice. So, his voice. How about uh, let's go there. Uh, there are better singers. Anyways, uh, <laughs> thank you regardless. <laughs> and thank you everyone for for listening. Yes. Until next week, Janchi Heyo. Bye. Bye. Janchi Heyo.